Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there. We're your two old bloggers, been doing this for over two decades apiece, commenting publicly on your Minnesota Vikings. And today is no different. We're going into another big game. We just finished the biggest game of the season. The most entertaining game of the season by far. Cardiologists in Minnesota and for Vikings fans are loving this season. Because it was unbelievable. From the greatest catch ever to the most improbable fumble recovery that you've ever seen. We now march on to our next one. Another tough one. Another team that the national media absolutely loves to favor over the Vikings. The Dallas Cowboys. And as usual, we have three themes. First one's going to be, as I scroll and I've got it on the wrong screen, is look at the Vikings now. And it was a quote that you brought up from Patrick Peterson. We'll get into that a little bit. Then comes the quick hitters. We've got a few topics on that, and then we get into the Vikings versus the Cowboys. And let's see how those boys go. But first... Climb in the pocket, Dave Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. We're back. Dave here. Darren over there. Darren, how are things in the Great White North? Just peachy, David. I've been on like cloud 10 all week, so <laughs> cold's gone. After Sunday, everything was great. <laughs> well, you gave it to me, as people could hear. I'm a little bit congested. We'll be hitting the cough button a few times today. Uh, I don't know how, but I've got this nasty crud. And we'll get into that when we get into some uh, looking at who is available to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Because there's a couple players that have this shit, too. Um, mm. But, hey there, Raymond. Hey there, Drew. <laughs> There's a cough button. Yeah, uh, I needed it. Hey there, Jonathan. Uh, we are. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The refs, yes. Yeah. That uh, that when we play that team from Wisconsin, that's always an issue. Well, it was against Buffalo too, but we pulled out the victory. Speaking of which, let's get into it. <clears throat> we named this one Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. Who means more to the team? Well, last week we saw Kirk Cousins. Not play exceedingly well. He threw his first two picks. But when it counts, he comes through. I am extremely pleased with that. And let's talk about it as we get into theme one. You wanted to title this one, Look at Us Now. Look at us now, Dave. That was uh, Patrick Peterson's quote after the win last big win last week, uh, talking about you know, hey, how how people don't don't think we're a good team. How can we not be a good team when we just pulled off the the win that we did and we're eight and one? I agree with that, but uh, it, it just uh, I, I don't know. Again, like I've been basking in this win all week i've watched the highlights of the games i think uh, 65 times uh, i've watched the justin jefferson catch uh, about uh, 105 times uh, so you know i just it made my sunday it made my whole week 
Uh, it's kind of one of those wins that uh, it's 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 a, it's a game where, <laughs> yeah, that's true, Ted. But uh, you know, timing might be a little bit off. Tape delay, slow. maybe. Who knows? But it's just uh, it was just it feels like this is the kind of win that the the Vikings have been on. It seems like the other end of so many times in recent memory, and uh, and in this case. Uh, like we were talking about last week, you know, punch no. above your weight. Don't be punch above your weight. Uh, get get a win when it really matters. Um, the Vikings weren't uh, can you know they they weren't going to settle for like getting a close loss in Buffalo and a moral victory. They went out. They never gave up, uh, and and the, and they got the win, the big win. And so again, look at us now on what you got now as a team that's eight and one number two seed in the NFC, but they're even, even with the Eagles in the win loss record, at least. Uh, and thank you. Um, commander. You know, yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to talk playoffs too soon, but they pretty much got a playoff spot sewn up, probably got the NFC North pretty much salted away already. That, well, they that. Can have it by the end I, of the month, if all goes well. So lots of great things happening here. And, and, uh, you know, it just, it feels like when I was watching the game, I don't know how you felt, David, maybe you can chime in on this too, but when, you know, the game started out, it's not going so well. Uh, we're down 20 to 27 to 10 in the third quarter. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I know that the Vikings are not in a good position here. Obviously their chances of winning are not very good down by 17 in Buffalo against a very good team. But, you know, I, I felt at that point, I still felt like, like, Hey, you know, things aren't great here. I'm saying to myself, but this team has shown a lot of heart. They've been down in the third and fourth quarters before they've managed to dig themselves out of it, out of it. And I felt, I felt, and this is true. I'm not lying here that I felt that this team is not dead yet. They, I, I believe that they have a chance. And then they went out and they did exactly, you know, came back, clawed back, won the game, almost lost it a few times too. But, and, and so, you know, it just makes me feel like, like if me, I, as a fan feel that way, I'm confident about this team. I feel that they're never out of a game that, you know, this is the kind of game that the Vikings would have never won under Mike Zimmer last year or 2020 or 2019, or probably any year that he's was the oh, coach. Yeah. They had a few comebacks, but it was yeah. Not, it but, wasn't you know, on you, the road. You didn't feel it. You didn't feel it wasn't palpable like this no. one. No, um, it, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I. So I just, it, you know, when you feel that way, you can, it makes me think. Well, how do the players feel? And the question I've been thinking about throughout the week, and I said it in a few places, was: Is this the most important, significant road win for the Vikings since the nineteen eighty seven? A victory, uh, the Anthony Carter game mm-hmm. in the divisional divisional playoff game in, in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, in the fog in Candle the rain, stick. and yeah, and I, I'm not saying it's more significant than that game was because that was a playoff game. It was against an all-time great team, one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Uh-huh. Uh, the Vikings were more of an underdog in that game than they were in the one last week, and they won more convincingly than they did last week. Mm-hmm. But still, it's the kind of game I feel that can could part, you know, it's the kind of win in the the venue where there it was, where it could really be kind of a launching pad for the Vikings 
um, where uh, that'll take them you know, under Kevin O'Connell even further than than maybe we could have ever dreamed of. Um, it just seems like the, the players have got to have if they weren't believing before, and I'm sure they were. But imagine again the confidence that you gain from that game, David. And NFL games are sure they're one on talent. They're one on great coaching. They're one on uh, executing game plans, uh, hustling a few breaks. But you, I feel that having a, a real belief in your team, in your teammates, in the coaching staff and what they're doing, that can take you, you know, th- that's a factor too. And I feel that the Vikings really, particularly after this game, they've got to have it in spades. Uh, and that that is something that's going to be very valuable because later on in the season, you know, hopefully if we get in the playoffs, uh, to get where we want to go, which is the Super Bowl, you're going to face some tough teams. You're going to face more adversity. And now the Vikings have this huge road win against Buffalo where they were down by 17 points late in the third quarter. They won it, and they can draw on that in in future games when things don't go their way and believe that they can come out on the other side with a win in those situations. And I think that's very valuable and something that's very valuable that came out of that win last week, outside of the fact that it kept us on pace with the Eagles and, you know, kept us with that four and a half game lead over the other people in the division and all that stuff. Right. Well, and I agree with you a hundred percent. And there were so many things that went right. There's so much fighting. One, I've got the greatest catch up there. Oh, when you get Justin Jefferson coming down with a ball that's absolutely looks impossible to catch, and he he grabs it and steals it away and keeps control, doesn't hit the ground. That was amazing. You had Kendricks up there. The whole idea that we can get this, we practiced for this on the goal line, and then you had uh, Phillips, Harrison Phillips, move over and screw with things a little bit and. Kendricks was right there to dive in and get that ball for the touchdown. Just those things. And they had said it on the sidelines. We heard all week on podcasts. Well, I interviewed Patrick Peterson. He's telling people we can win this. I interviewed Kirk Cousins. He says we can win this. We're we're not done. When they're 17 points down and they come back from behind, we're starting to see this almost all the time this year. And we're believing. We're believing they have the best. You know, they have the ability to come back. And each time they do this, this goes back into their libraries of, hey, we've seen this before. We don't have to lay down. We've got this. And it's that whole attitudinal thing, the whole belief in yourselves that you could do this and build up that reservoir of we've seen all this different adversity and we've overcome it. That's going to take them a long way. The confidence is going to build. And it's going to take them, and it's going to do them well going into the playoffs because they're going to see stuff, and they're going to be able to bounce back. It gives you resiliency, uh, to coin a phrase from a previous show, uh, that they can bounce back and they can win this thing. And as I hinted to earlier, Kirk Cousins, even though you know the two picks early, yeah, we go. We've always gone out and scored in the first drive, which is wonderful. Don't want to see us not do that. But then he, you know, throws the two bad picks, but he comes back and makes some marvelous throws there at the end to get us in. And he, and the, if things that had gone the way they were going up until the late in the third quarter, I think the, the, what we would have been saying, 
the Vikings lost this game because Kirk Cousins got outplayed by Josh Allen. But from that point, from Dalvin Cook's big touchdown run onward, right. Kirk Cousins outplayed Josh Allen. Yes. And again, and that again, and that's why big reason why the Vikings won that game because Cousins played better than Allen in those mo- in the you know that in those key moments in a lot of lot of snaps. And uh, you know that's something. Uh, Twelve months ago, I thought I would never say, but I I am saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to our first sponsor period, which of course is that's badass wood art. There's Lewis. Um. You can use promo code CTPOCKET to get 20% off your first piece from him. And speaking of pieces from him, he had a a person buy just this little skull sign, right, that he makes. And she absolutely loved it. Carlene, uh, congratulations to you on getting that piece. And a reminder, 20% off with promo code CTPOCKET. It'd make a great stocking stuffer. Hear that, family stocking stuffer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wonder if he's uh, doing up some wood art of uh, JJ's catch last week, and maybe he'll get he to is. get JJ to order that from him, and uh, we'll have a, a social media post uh, like we had of Ma- Alexander Madison uh-huh. taking his uh, artwork last week. That was pretty sweet. He is. Uh, I've got it in my files. He's got he's got it from a few different angles. He is working on that himself. Uh, right now because he wants to make a few that brings us theme two here we're doing our sh- uh quick hitters i need a boom for that going first with <laughs> hawkinson for president yeah i might be uh or for prime minister in my country's case but uh I'm, might be uh i'm, I'm maybe i'm a little bit of hyperbole there but uh, i wanted to give a shout out to to tj hawkinson who uh he's only been uh, he's only been with the team he's going on his third week with the team david but uh-huh. uh, this guy has been exactly what we needed from the tight end spot since we got him uh-huh. uh i know that the the yardage uh the yardage that he's Put up in the first two games is only 115, which is kind of meh. But 16 catches in those two weeks on 19 targets. Uh, he's just been, I think, been a tremendous asset for us. Uh, really been impressed. And what's been impressive and, and encouraging is that uh, from that first game, uh, that Kirk Cousins is chucking it to this guy. He has not had any hesitancy at all here's a new guy i don't know what he does i'm not comfortable with him no way 19 targets in two games that's a he only had one game in detroit before that where he had any more targets per game than that Mm -hmm. uh like uh kirk cousins looks like he trusts him uh and that's key he's you know he's looking for him quite often uh and tj has made some you know pretty huge catches for the vikings in these two games too um last week fourth and six Vikings are down 27-17. I got to have it drive. Fourth and six. Cousins throws like a bullet. Two two defenders very close in there. TJ uh, grabs it, gets a 12-yard gain. We end up scoring a touchdown on that drive to you know pull within four points. Thanks, Greg Joseph, for missing another extra point. Uh, <laughs> but Actually, I, I don't know. Be- beneficial this time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But because, uh, uh, you know, the game might have played out differently and the Vikings might have approached things differently in that final drive if, if they weren't uh, only down three as opposed to four. But uh, T- 
TJ Hawkinson. I don't know that catch itself. I don't know if there's a, a if if any any tight end on the Vikings roster currently on the roster injured or not would have made that catch other than him. He made it. Uh, he's catching pretty much everything that they're throwing to him, which is a big uh, uh, welcome sight compared to the guy that he's replacing as the number one tight end, which is Irv Smith Jr. Um, he, and he, I, along with that catch last week, he had a big uh, on a third and four late in the game against Washington, hauls in that short little pass, but turns it into a 12-yard gain. Right. That kills the clock, gets the Vikings a first down, sets up a very easy uh, uh, field goal for Greg Joseph with little time left on the clock. So TJ Hawkinson has been making like a, a like a, a big impact and he's still again third week with the team, right? Wait till he gets really used to this offense. Uh-huh. Wait till we get really used to knowing what he does and best and, and how to use him. Uh he's gonna be I think he's gonna be an even bigger asset, an even bigger factor in the Vikings offense in the coming weeks. And Got to give credit to GM Quasi Adolfo Mensa for going out and getting this guy. This is a trade that, you know, I didn't think tight end was a huge need. Uh, that was a, I was thinking that before Irv Smith got hurt, but, but we've, we've gone from a team that's tight ends were producing at a league low rate. And now we've got a guy who's, you know, one of the top 10 tight ends in the league. And I just, again, I couldn't be more pleased with what he's doing. And I think that Quasi Adolfo Mensa has got to be given a lot of credit for making a trade that's helped the Vikings now and is going to help them, I think, even more as we get deeper into the season and yes. hopefully into a big playoff push. Yes, yes, yes. Don't disagree. I think it's a marvelous ad. I think he's doing great so far. And look for him tomorrow. We'll get into that. The next quick hitter is Daniil Hunter. Well, yeah, Dave, uh, you know, I, people who watch the show uh, yeah, regularly, uh, they may have remembered me. Or, I don't know, do you remember uh, the after the first four games of the season where I was talking about, what's up with Daniil Hunter? He's not pretty quiet, not much of a factor. Okay, neither do I, <laughs> because because uh, he only had one sack in his first four games, but in the last five he's had five sacks, and, uh, and he's become out of pressures. And yeah, and that's right. That doesn't even tell the whole story. He uh, he said, you know, again, he's been he's become that uh, pass rushing terror the past five games uh, that we got used to seeing his first seven seasons in the league and um again um we knew or we wondered at the beginning of the year how he was going to adjust to playing in the three four after being in the four three for so many years and how he was going to adjust from being a four three defensive end to being a three four stand-up linebacker or what we thought would be a stand-up linebacker and ed donatel said um Early in that season, when Hunter was having some quiet games, he, he, he said, hey, every player I've ever coached who's gone, and sent, he said something along the lines of, yeah. who's gone from a switch from a 4-3 to a 3-4, uh, you know, it takes them some time to get used to that. He said usually get a adjusted. season. It takes yeah. them a full and season. It, it's not taking hmm. to deal a full season. No, it is not. Uh, but that uh, Ed Donatel was giving us the straight goods there because – the Daniel Hunter now is looking a lot more comfortable and is making a much bigger impact than he was earlier in the year. Him and Zadarius Smith are the last four games in particular have become that pass rushing, you know, 
two-headed uh, two pass rushing menace that we were expecting from the get-go, uh, creating, again, a ton of pressures even when they're not getting sacks, helping other guys get sacks through the, the, the havoc and the pressure that they're creating, and also getting plenty of sacks on their own. Uh, and I feel that this is going to, as long as they can stay healthy, uh, and Zedarius Smith is dealing with a, an e-contusion, and he has been for a few weeks now, which is, is nagging him, but uh, as long as they, they continue to do that, this is a, these guys, again, are going to be a problem for every team that they face in the league and it's a big help to our defense uh, and i also feel that maybe part of the reason that daniel hunter has been playing i think better and having more production at least on the sacks end of things lately is is that uh again uh i don't think that i think that dead donatello it appears is asking him to do things is not asking him to do a lot of like stand-up linebacker things as much now uh we were right. concerned about you know what happens what happens when daniel hunter you know has to move, go back into coverage as a three four stand-up linebacker well i'm seeing on a lot of snaps that he's doing the same thing he was doing in zimmer's four three he's got his hand in the dirt he's on the edge rushing from there he's not roaming around the line of scrimmage standing up uh that's what they're doing that with zadarius Smith, he's right. the joker. He's the guy that they've got. Mike Smith, the linebackers coach, has got moving around. He'll have him inside. He'll have him outside. Sometimes he'll have him going inside, outside before the snap. But Zadarius Smith is doing that. But mostly, Daniel Hunter is doing a lot of four-three uh, uh, defensive end kind of things. Hand in the dirt, on the edge going after the quarterback at least when he's rushing the passer so i think that he's uh, he's being asked to do much of the same things he was doing as a 4-3 and i think that that's again part of the reason why he's had uh, he looks more comfortable and he's being more productive i agree and if you watch on those particular snaps if they need somebody in that quasi more 4-3 outside linebacker they bring in one of and one yeah. on the line outside of Daniil. Daniil may slide down one hole, but he Daniil's been sticking there and then and sometimes they rush all three. And it's <clears throat> it's 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 fun. Uh Ed Donatel's messing with some people's minds that way. And I think that's a good thing. Very much a good thing. That brings us to the third quick hitter the one you called unsolicited advice <laughs> well i wonder why. I, I, well yes this is for uh, unsolicited advice for me that is never going to get to kevin o'connell and our offensive coordinator wes phillips but wanted to say it anyway and wes kevin Please tear out the quarterback sneak from your playbook book, your playbook, <laughs> uh, for the love of God. Uh, and I'm not saying that because uh, Kirk Cousins uh, got stuffed on a quarterback sneak last week with a half a yard to go on the goal line in a key situation. I'm saying it because, uh, in my opinion, uh, Kirk Cousins has probably got to be the worst quarterback sneaker I have ever seen. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, but every time the Vikings, they don't ask him to do it a lot, but when they do, he just either a, he looks, he looks slow to take, make a movement when he gets the snap, which is bad. B, he doesn't seem to have the power or the leg drive to push piles, move the, and break initial tackles and fall forward for that half yard yard that we need. Uh, he also doesn't seem to be very good at like recognizing where there's a gap 
and a yeah. soft spot in the in the line, and then sneaking in there like Tom Brady is, does very well, and then getting getting that yardage not because uh, you know his offensive line is pushing so much, but he found the crease, the right crease right. to find. Um, and so I'm just like, uh, it's not that he's been in his career with the Vikings. I've just noticed Kirk does not look very comfortable or very smooth doing the quarterback sneak. And I, it's always like, a lot of times you're like, we're not going to get this. He's going to get stuffed. And I just feel that, I don't, you know, that they get, maybe they need to either block this thing better, find a way to block it better or tear the thing out of the playbook or, or in send send Kirk to like the Tom Brady QB sneak Academy here in the next couple of weeks, or else let's not use the quarterback sneak and let's give the ball to like CJ ham or uh-huh. Dalvin yep. cook or whatever. Like somebody like, who does know how to, how to run it. Push it yeah. Because uh, Kirk is just you know, all, all, you know, we've been, we've been saying good, nice things about Kirk in this show and for several weeks now, and it's all true, but the quarterback sneak is one thing that uh, really, really when he runs it, I'm not very confident that we're going to come through and convert. And uh, I think we need to find a a better way, (laughs) whatever way that is. I agree. Um, And it's, it's it's a good play. It's the right call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's got to work better. And I agree. Give it to him, give it to somebody wrong option. And, but a lot of, Ways a lot, a lot of times how Brady did it wasn't necessarily that the primary call was a sneak. It was the primary call was maybe sort of an option, hand off the running back, go down the line, whatever. But if the quarterback saw space on either side of the yeah. center, then he could take it himself and do mm-hmm. that. Um, and it, it's it's up to him. And Brady got so damn good at that. I mean, it was money. And, uh, and they always did a – Kirk could yeah, do they, they always – yeah. And they and the, the Brady and the Patriots always did a great job too of spreading defenses out. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't seem it didn't seem like they could jam the line, the line of scrimmage, and particularly in the A and B gaps with a whole bunch of big bodies and muddy it and make, and, and make it tough to – to put the sneak, they always seem to have things spread out and the defense was worried about other things. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Tom would see that gap quick, quick it. snap, you know, and you know, Bob's your uncle. They get the first down usually with a yard to spare. Uh, we don't seem to be able to do that with Kirk. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so there's gotta be some other ways to better options. I agree. Wholeheartedly. That brings us to our favorite part of the show. And we'll switch this real quick. When we talk about beer, Lake Monster Brewing. This week, they just introduced Rare Species number four. They're on their fourth version of Rare Species. They do this about once a quarter, I think. They do this batch. I had the Rare Species 2.0. It was absolutely outstanding. 4.0 4.0 is got to be even better. They use Eldorado and Sultana and Lotus Hops. But what is special about this one is they use a brand new yeast they get from a company that invents different types of brewing yeasts. And I'll bet this is great. 
the only thing you see on there, it's warning, is that you got to get it at like Monster Brewing. It's in the tap room only. And I bet it's delicious. As for what they've got, oh, speaking of tap room, what they've got on tap so far is there's your rare species. Rare species. Uh, raspberry and blackberry sour for those that love the fruity sours. They're probably good, good with a multi berry pie, too. Uh, Lunatic <laughs> Fresh Hop Ale. You've got your Como Claw. Their award winning Como Claw. Empty Rowboat, Depth Charged, Last Fathom, Murmur Stout, St. Paul Pub Ale, and Hard Seltzer for the Seltzer fans. The two of you. And uh, it's all there. Can't seem to hear you, Dave. That's because I stuck the got the cough button on mute, and now I got to cough again. <laughs> anyways, um, talking about the Cowboys. You see Dak Prescott there laughing. That's how we're going to be at him tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully it all goes well. First off, we're going to start out with the injury reports. All right. Up here, we got Dalvin Tomlinson for the Vikings out. We sort of expected that. Caleb Evans is still yep. out with his concussion. We didn't hear that he was greatly improving over the week, so that's sort of expected. Now we get to Dallas. Uh, defensive tackle Quentin Bohana was questionable. He's been out the last two days with an illness. Then you have their punter. Brian Anger, he is questionable. He went out with that same illness on Friday, and I think it's the shit I have. Not that I've been <laughs> up in Dallas swapping spit with any of these gentlemen. It is, uh, it's rolling around Texas. That's a nasty bugger. Yes, I'm trying, Ted. I'm trying. <laughs> you have uh, Demarcus Lawrence is questionable. Ezekiel uh, Elliott is questionable. However, expect. Both those guys play, and Anthony Barr is questionable. He's got another injury. Doesn't that sound familiar? Um, Anthony Barr is on the injury report every week. Has been for like five seasons, I think. Yeah. But that brings <laughs> uh, that brings us to our normal stats. Do you want to run these down, buddy? Can you see them? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yes. So uh, on the you got we got Pro Football Focus, Football Outsiders, and Elias stats here. Uh, run these slides every week. Uh, offense, as you can see, the Vikings' offense is at ten, down a little bit from last week. Uh, uh, Football Outsiders has us at seventeen, also down a little bit from last week. A bit surprised by that. I know that uh, we uh, struggled at times on offense, but. Uh, Fuck, man, we scored uh, 26 points on the best Bills defense, uh, one of the best, maybe the best defense in the NFL. So you'd think uh, we'd get some analytical love, but no. But we actually um, went up on the pass and the run numbers. Yeah. We dropped on so, the overall. They, yeah. Anyway, 19, 19 in the pass, 10 in the run. Elias, we're up See a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. OSU. Upset brewing here. Is this what I'm understanding? <laughs> 
Yeah. So, uh, and, yeah, again, uh, yards, uh, 11 up a bit passing seventh rushing 23rd points. Uh, you know, that's uh, very encouraging. We're up to eighth in the league in, in scoring offense, which, uh, we're able to crack the top 10. Nice. Uh, sacks are going up a little bit, David, which is concerning. We got sacked, uh, four times last week. Uh, we're up to 20 now, uh, turnovers, uh, the, the offense is, um, other than Cousins, um, whose interceptions are up, you see we got 11 there, I think. Uh, that's 10th in the league. Uh, Cousins uh, turn over. 11th with 10. Right, yeah. Um, we're not turning the ball over on on, uh, on fumbles, but uh, the interceptions, uh, Kirks, are a little bit higher than they have been in previous years. Uh, defensively, Cowboys, very good. Uh, 7th. Pro focus, uh, football outsiders have us on second overall, which of course is very good. Uh, fourth in the pass, eleventh in the and eleventh. Uh, what is 11th that? The run? Run. Is that eleventh yep. against the run? Uh, so pretty well balanced yards wise, giving up the fewest yards in the league. Uh, passing very stingy. Um, Elias isn't in alignment with football outsiders on the on the uh-huh. Cowboys run defense. They got him at you know 29th in the league, and we'll talk a bit about more about that later My, on. And yes. talking, yeah, um, sacks wise, they are leading the lead in sacks. Uh, they're creating a lot of turnovers, and uh, yeah, so uh, defensively, a very strong, strong unit. And you can see the line down there. Um, I'm not a gambler, but uh, a point and a half in the game. The Vikings are the underdogs at home, even though they're eight and one. Uh, and the Cowboys are coming off a, uh, a game that they should not have blown, but they did on the road against that team from Wisconsin. Uh, who managed to lose to Tennessee at home last week? So I don't know why everybody thinks the Cowboys are such a huge favorite in the, or, you know, our favorite in this game. But anyway, I, hey, I'm not Vegas. That's all I <laughs> that can say. That brings us to uh, Vikings defense. We've gone up to the 15th, middle of the pack. I can deal with that. Yeah. We're top 15 yeah, on yeah. defense. We're improving. We've slowly improved over the season. That continues to go up. Football Outsiders has this 19th overall, staying steady, 15th pass, 14th run against the run. That's getting better. Elias had his drop in yards because Buffalo did produce quite a bit. We dropped 29. We dropped 29 in passing, 16th against rushing. But we're sitting at 12th, which is down a couple spots in points. Uh, the Vikings are 12th when it comes to sacks with 26. They are second in points differential and turnovers. They are plus eight, and they are second in takeaways with 18. The Cowboys offense, power, our PFF has them a power ranking of ninth. Uh, Football Outsiders has them overall as 12th. They have them 16th in pass and second in run which is interesting. A lot of that is Pollard and some Ezekiel Elliott, but Pollard more particularly. When it comes to Elias, they have them 20th in yards, 26th in passing, 8th in rushing, and 11th in points. They can generate points. They've given up 14 sacks, which isn't a whole lot. However, their offensive line has issues. Similar yes. issues as to what the Vikings do. It's the interior. And uh, they have their fourth in turnovers with nine 
over under is 48 and a half, which is relatively high scoring. It's been higher or it's been lower over unders coming into this week. So they do expect some score or some scoring to happen. It brings us special teams. Our special team stays even with 25 at 25th. I was hoping we'd go up a little bit because of Kenny's good return last week. But no, that was negated by our kicker's inability to make all his kicks. Go, Kenny. And we also gave Joseph. up a, a big a big kickoff return to Duke Johnson as well. And yes, that probably did. hurt, hurt, or uh, that didn't help the rankings any. And, uh, but uh, Dallas is ranked third. However, like we said in the injury report, they've got a sick putter, so that may cause some issues. Brian J. talking. What's the latest on uh, JJ and Darisaw? David, uh, want to tell him? <laughs> uh, JJ is a full go, and Darisaw is a full go. No there you go. limitations. This brings us to this. We've played the Cowboys quite a bit lately. Uh, it's like 10 times in the last 14 years or something ungodly like that. It's a lot. You would think we're in the same division. How have we done lately? Not very well, David. Uh, we've lost four of the last five games against the, the Cowpokes, and uh, we haven't beaten them at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, in the U.S. Bank Stadium's existence. We've lost all three home games since U.S. Bank Stadium opened in 2016. Uh, so it, this game is all, is uh, got a couple of similarities with the Buffalo game last week in that uh, A, like we just talked about, um, Buffalo and Dallas both have had pretty recent, have had our number recently uh, and have beaten us the majority of the time. And the other a similarity is that much like the Buffalo game, the Vikings here statistically are, uh, are, are don't appear to be as statistically are not as strong a team as the Dallas is, but the record is we're superior to the, to the Cowboys. We've got a better record, but otherwise statistically you look at these teams and you'd say Dallas is the better team. Uh, and by, I wouldn't say a wide margin, but you know, a fairly significant uh, you know, I, you know, a comfortable margin, I guess I would say. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, we haven't had a lot of luck against them and this year Dallas is dangerous. I think even a little bit more dangerous opponent than what we've seen because, uh, in the past years, David, I feel like that, uh, particularly since Dak Prescott's and Ezekiel Elliott came on the team and when they had Amari Cooper, they were kind of a more of a, they were offense first right. uh, and their defense wasn't really that well, strong. They, like, they could score a lot. Yeah. yeah. They could score a lot of points, but they also gave up a lot of points. Uh, this team is maybe not as explosive, uh, actually not. Maybe it isn't as explosive as the 2019 team was. Uh, but uh, the defense is much, much, much better. Yeah. And you saw the you saw the stats, right? Like the, and the, you, so you know that the if you've watched football all this year or have been following it closely, you know Dallas' defense is really, really good, uh, and they lead the league in quarterback sacks. They lead the league in pressure rates. And so uh, Micah Parsons is the, the guy in the picture there. He's the stud. He's their leading sacker. They've le- got the leader in pressures, but they've got a pretty deep front four, uh, and uh, they've got six guys who have at least three sacks. So this – Dallas defense, this front four, uh, they're going to test the Vikings offensive line. The good news is, like you just talked about, Christian Derrissaw 
who went out with the concussion last week, is playing this week. And I feel very good about that because his job is going to be to annihilate Dante Fowler Jr. and uh, and Dorrance Armstrong. And I feel very confident that he can do that uh, because he's been doing it all year. And we know Ryan uh, Brian O'Neill is going to be fine on the right side, handling Demarcus Lawrence because he's always fine on the right side. Uh, and, you know, the interior is where the, the issues come, come into play and you worry about it. But I thought that the Vikings offensive line last week, David, you, you can give your opinion. I thought that they held up pretty well against the Buffalo uh, defense uh, as far as uh, pass, pass protection. Uh, the fourth quarter got a bit dicey. Uh, I, I felt like uh, Kirk was under more duress in the fourth quarter than he had been in the previous Yeah, but you got to remember, Buffalo had a good defensive line as well. Oh, um, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. that's why I like – I like what I saw last week because we took that was a very, they have a very Buffalo is a very good defensive line. They have a very very good defense, and I felt that we pass protected you know, overall pretty solidly in that game. Even the interior guys, uh, Kirk Cousins was Cousins did get pressured at times. He made some good pocket movement. He escaped the rush yes, a bit, uh, but he he also had you know I felt a pretty a pretty good time to throw the ball on a lot of of the snaps and we threw 50 times. So we were throwing the ball a lot. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, but this is going to be a huge uh, deal. Darisaw being back is also huge skull, Sean. Um, And, um, and so, and Dan Quinn, he's a guy that the, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, he's going to test you with pressure. Uh, And so a big test for the Vikings. And we know that cousins cousins handled the the pressure very well last week he made some tough tough throws under duress like you're talking about impressive stuff but uh historically he has not done well when he's had pressure uh he performs much much better under a clean pocket so there's he's going to be under duress at some point in time this week unless our offense plays light uh, offensive line plays lights out and uh, we'll have to see if he performs as well as he did last week tomorrow when when pressured why i titled this who means more to their team right now and i would argue it's kirk cousins because of the change this year right the previous years with kirk cousins it was all about the the cheap box score stats especially when we were behind two touchdowns he'd start running up his stats and not achieve much we didn't have the the chemistry between him and the coach, I don't think they could stand each other. Um, yeah. That we do now, we have it. And the whole confidence change of, I can do this, you're seeing it in his play. Now, granted, the stat numbers aren't where it was, you know, his last few years. They're down. No. But what you're, what you're seeing is, I can now see what's coming. I now know I can take the long ball and throw it up to Justin Jefferson and trust him to catch it. Nine times out of ten, he's going to, whether it's contested or not. I can go to TJ Hawkinson as my security blanket. He's going to get positive yards. I already know Adam Thielen will catch anything I throw his direction. I'm good. So as long as I can get the ability to throw the ball, I can move around, right? And if he sees pressure, he's starting to climb the pocket. 
right? That's mm-hmm. what we named this network after. He's now starting to climb the pocket and get room. He's starting to sidestep out of room. He's starting to move with his offensive linemen so they have better angles where he didn't before. He would go, he'd drop back and just plant there. And all he had to do, if a lineman had, you know, locked onto somebody and was going this way, he would stand there and let him run him right into it rather than step a half step, you know, sideways and have a throwing lane. He's now taking those. And he's even gone off and run and galloped a few times, right? As long as it's not a sneak, he's done well. And this is a Kirk Cousins I haven't seen. And he doesn't feel, uh, the last few years to me, he seemed to have a corn cob stuck up his hind quarters. I don't see that this year. He feels more relaxed, whether it's Kirk O'Chains or whatever. He is playing so much better, with so much confidence that the results are so much better, right? He's not getting all the yards. He's not getting the perfect passes and running up, you know, 27 completions on passes, you know, shorter than 10 yards. He's not doing that. He's going for it, and he's building confidence with the rest of the team. And it comes back to that. We can do this. We've seen this. We can do this. Let's go and build and build and build. And I think tomorrow it's going to build even more. The uh, it was brought up earlier. Quite a few comments there about various things that uh, uh, about the game. But it was brought up earlier about like you can run on this Dallas or run defense, and that's kind of uh, that is true. They have given up at least 130 yards total rushing in six of the nine games, or actually seven of the nine games that they've played this year, and they gave up. They've given up 200 or more yards the past two weeks against the Bears and uh, that team from Wisconsin. Now, uh, so can the Vikings? Um, and, and that that isn't maybe that isn't surprising because Dan Quinn's defenses, their front fours really tend to be uh, his front fours. He likes his defensive linemen uh, to be like quicker and a little leaner than you don't. They don't like the Seattle defenses didn't have a lot of like big round bellies up the middle. Uh, they had guys like Michael Bennett playing. <clears throat> in the interior at times and Michael Bennett wasn't he was a fantastic player but he wasn't like a 350 pound nose tackle type dude so yeah you can run on them I I guess my question is can the Vikings run on the Dallas defense because you look you look at uh, the past four games the Arizona game that was the best we've ran all year no doubt about that but the Miami game the Washington the Miami game the Washington game and last week in Buffalo we did not we ran the ball very poorly overall, David. And if with the exception unless, of Dalvin's eighty-one yard gallop, well, that's just it. it. In in the Miami game, he he rips off a 50, fifty-three yarder, takes it to the house, and in the in the Buffalo game, he rips off the eighty-one yarder, takes it to the house. So in the end of those two games, his stats look great, but throughout the game, there was lots of one-yard rushes, two-yard rushes, uh, tackled for a loss tackled for no gain there was all kinds of runs like that and the vikings couldn't really establish a running game and that, that partly led to a lot of the the empty uh drives that the vikings had in those games and in the washington game they, they had almost no success at all running the ball so uh i have concerns about you I, I have concerns about the vikings ability to rush 
the way they I feel they need to rush tomorrow because I think they got to have good balance because if you somebody mentioned it earlier Drew mentioned it if you get in passing situations obvious passing situations against this defense and guys like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence that's we're going to be really really tough on our offensive line on our tight ends on our running backs in pass pro uh, so you got to be churning up uh, like like uh, like Green Bay did last week, they didn't throw the ball very much at all, uh, partly because Aaron Rodgers has no confidence in anybody he's throwing to anymore, but also because they were having a lot of success with Aaron Jones and Aaron Dillon just getting five, six yards or more every time they handed off the ball. So, But I don't know if the Vikings can do that because they haven't – the offensive line, even though you were showing me PFF grades of uh, our guys. Uh, our running grades are outstanding. They're excellent. They're outstanding, but you don't see that in the running game, David, or I don't. They see we don't. We're not like that. That right. offensive I, line. I see it more, believe it or not, when Madison's in, and we're mm. going to see probably some change out more Madison tomorrow. It's you think? I do. I it's they've kept. There's been no real big pitch count. Uh, I don't know if no. I'd have to look. But you've not seen Dalvin Cook, I don't think, go above like 25 carries in the game. It's Well, that's because we, we haven't, we, like, we've uh, we've had so many negative run plays or failed right. running plays that, and we do, haven't had enough of these long sustained uh, uh, drives that we, uh, <laughs> that, uh, Cook hasn't been able to get his pitch count very uh-huh. high, which I think is good in the long run. But right. Madison seems to. Be, but Madison gets in that second drive a game every every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays pretty much the full drive, and then you don't see him again after that, pretty much. And uh, and so, uh, it, but if he plays a lot tomorrow and Cook is getting a lot, that's probably good for the Vikings because they're running the ball really well, they're controlling the game, and they don't have to pass fifty times a game. And if they have to pass fifty times a game tomorrow, I think. That that's going to be we're going to be in big big trouble uh, <laughs> uh, but uh but the, you know, but so that's an issue i think defensively like offensively for the for the cowboys on the other side of things david is um um uh, pollard it, 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 yeah, pollard has ta- pollard has taken over as the main number one guy right. in dallas he's the home run hitter zeke elliott's who did play last week He's your pass blocker. He's the guy who gets the you know the power runner, the tougher yards. But but he's not the Zeke Elliott from 2016, 2017. Uh, but Pollard is got is a home run hitter. He's got a slithery kind of running style, and he's the guy to really watch out for. Uh, I'm a bit concerned. Uh, we know that uh, Andrew Booth is is going to he's get the start, start tomorrow. Yep. He, uh, if you looked, if you looked at him last week when he got thrown into the fire in Buffalo, uh, he played very tentative. I thought maybe that was partly Ed Donatel saying, "Hey, rookie, we can't have you getting beat over the top, so we're going to give you lots of cushion." He was like eight, nine yards off of the wide receiver he was covering every snap, and a lot of those times that wide receiver was Stephon Diggs. Uh, so I can understand that. Well, but not it was just so easy. But, well, that's the thing. So uh, uh, Booth was uh, gave up lots of cushion, and I can see where Dallas is just going to be like, we'll take your eight yards every time, and we'll line up C.D. Lamb opposite Andrew Booth, and we're just going to keep taking those eight yards time after time after time again. Uh, and so Ed Donatel is going to have to figure out, and maybe Zadarius Smith with pass pressure is going to be the, the solution to that. But Ed Donatel is going to have to figure out how to keep C.D. Lamb 
from having just a very good game as opposed to the monster game that maybe he can have if he's opposite Andrew Booth. And maybe uh, the Vikings are going to have to go with Duke Shelley again like they did last week and and replace Booth if Booth struggles. We'll, well see about and, that. And the but, coach said that this week. Booth gets the start, but they have Shelley took some snaps as well. So Shelley can, if Booth can't handle it for whatever reason, Shelley will come in. The uh, uh, one thing that uh, a couple of last things to mention about the game, David, but it is just that and I forgot to mention a little earlier is that uh, offensively for the Vikings, it's, um, you, you know, I know we're eighth in scoring right now and that that is that's really good. But uh, I just feel that that there's been so many we've seen it game after game. We've got to get out of this. I'd like to see it tomorrow. We've got to get out of the that operating pattern we've seen where uh, first drive of the game, we score a touchdown. Yes. Every awesome. Time. Awesome. Outstanding. Then after that, uh, we yes. fall asleep until the last two or three minutes of the half. And then we usually move the ball effectively and get in position to kick a field goal or go for a touchdown. Third quarter, fall asleep again. Uh, and then the fourth quarter, wake up, score multiple times, pull it out at the you know the last couple of minutes and the Vikings win. It's worked, but I don't know how much longer you know that can work. Eventually that kind of thing comes up gets going to get is going to bite you. I just like to see the Vikings be more consistently a little bit more consistent on offense. There there's so many empty drives, so many uh, um, parts in the game where it's three and out or six and out and we're given keeping teams in the game because we can't either extend our lead or we're just and we keep on giving the ball back to the the opponents um, time after time after time again. Uh, so I think that's a key. Tomorrow, the Vikings. I'd like to see. Hey, you know, uh, a little bit to more consistency on offense the whole, the whole way. Yeah, and and yeah, and if they did Not that, so many you drivers. might get that dominating win everybody's been asking for. That didn't happen since Green Bay. Well, there was something brought up this week. I was listening to a fan brought up because. During Green Bay, we ran tempo on and off all during the game. We go into the tempo, the no-huddle type offense to speed things up a bit. We haven't done that since, right? During the first drive, we've done some tempo stuff because everybody knows they've got those first set of plays memorized, right? And they're just calling out whatever play it is. They've got it memorized. They just go. Well, after that, it's adjust to see what you're doing and then call per what you're seeing in a game. Well, during the Packers game, there was times when they said, we're going to take the momentum now. We're going back into a tempo and we're going to run these series of plays. And they'd call in two at a time, right? And they boom, 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 boom. I think it's that. If we can do that herky-jerky style of – all right, now we're going back in the huddle, take our time, blah, 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 blah. But in the next, you know, few plays, we're just boom, 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 and then relax. Boom, boom, boom. You throw the defense off on their timing because they not don't know what to do. And I think like in the very first game against Green Bay, I think you will get that more positive results that way so that we can get through that drowsy period. Like after you've just eaten and you've got hound dog syndrome because you've got full belly and you just want to sit there and go, oh, I scored seven, I'm good. Oh, it's a yeah. buckle the belt buckle and relax. No, you can't do that. you got to keep going. So 
Um, I think something a little bit like easier that may to... help. And I hope yeah. that Kevin O'Connell and crew, uh, Wes uh, Phillips, is going to try to do something like that tomorrow because I think that will help throw Dallas off. There was a remark here about how does Dallas do in the red zone? I thought I saw it this week, but I do not remember if they were good or bad at it. The We know that the defensively the Vikings are bad. Uh, they're like they allow a touchdown 72% of the time when the opponent gets in the red zone. So uh, not very good. Uh, but for whatever reason this year, the, the reason we're not giving up a lot of points is that the the Vikings defense isn't letting teams get to the red zone that right. much. Uh, it, it's just that when we do, they're scoring touchdowns, but they don't get there that much. So it's not like a high volume of touchdowns. Um, the Vikings defense, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's realistic tomorrow to expect them to pitch a shutout. David, uh, we've seen them through nine games. Now it's pretty much the same. Every time they give up a lot of yards, they give up a lot of first downs. They don't give up a lot of big plays and they don't give up a ton of points. Especially so if they in keep, the second half, they don't give up. Yeah. They, yeah. So if they can keep do what they've been doing all year, pretty much, which is uh, keep a team in the in the twenty to twenty three point range, they're always going to be in the game and with a good good position to win it. Whether they can do that tomorrow, we'll see. But they've done it pretty much all year, and I have no reason to believe that they won't do it tomorrow. As frustrating as as it'll be at times to watch CD Lamb make catch after catch and all that sort of stuff. Um, one other thing that's just kind of interesting is that um, that when you have a game with two teams like this two of the best teams in the nfc you're always going to talk and focus on well who's got the better quarterback mm -hmm. and uh i don't think anybody up until this year would have ever said the viking kirk cousins is a better quarterback than dak prescott, prescott. but dak prescott is starting to get a reputation rightly or wrongly with the same as kirk cousins great stats but one and three in the playoffs never wins a big game uh you know yeah you know. Yeah, um, empty, empty stats. You know who is he? What has he ever won? And so the way that Kirk Cousins has played this year, and we you were talking about it yourself earlier, the way the the Vikings are playing and the Minnesota players are playing with Cousins, the way Cousins is playing with them, uh, uh, the the big throws that he's made, the big plays that he's made in tough situations this year, in many tough situations. Uh, me anyway, personally, and I'm, I agree, I'm a I'm a purple homer, but. Uh, in a late game, in a close game, and this is probably going to be a close game because the Vikings have played all close ones except two, um, okay. evenly matched game like this, uh, it's probably going to come down to one big drive or a couple of big throws. And who do you have confidence is going to make going to make the big throws and make the big plays in a game like this? Me, I feel more confident this year in Kirk Cousins making those big plays than I would if I was a Cowboys fan and I had Dak Prescott as my quarterback. So I think that the quarterback play right now, the Vikings have an advantage there this year, and that's going to, could be, is going to be huge tomorrow. And it could plus, be a big deciding factor. Plus add on the home field advantage because Minnesota, the Vikings are the talk of the state, right? The basketball team isn't living up to what it, was uh, expected to do. The Twins did not do anything. The only thing new they had come out was new uniforms yesterday, which I think actually looked decent. Nice traditional baseball style. Nike did not screw those up. Uh, mm -hmm. The hockey team, it's too early in the season. <coughs> Pardon me. Too early in the season 
to get real wrapped up around hockey, but they could be doing better. And so Minnesota's the talk of the town. That place is going to be packed, and it's going to be loud, and it's going to help the Vikings play, both on offense and on defense. It's going to be awful hard for the Dallas Cowboys to call. They're going to have to go to a you know silent count, stuff like that, because they're not going to be used to all the noise. And I think it's going to be a good thing, and I think the Vikings have a very good possibility to go out tomorrow and win well. Clifford agrees with you on the on the crowd stuff, David. And uh, but I agree with Jonathan, who said this much much earlier in the show that uh, he's really worried about this game. So am I. Uh, just because uh, we've won, you know, we've won seven in a row. So eventually, you got to think, hey, uh, that they got to lose time, right? But uh, but not tomorrow. <laughs> Let's not have it. Not, not have it tomorrow. Not at home. And uh, and they got a quick turnaround after this because you got to play Darth Hoodie and the Patriots. Yeah, well, four days later, a compressed week. But yeah. before Drew runs off, I wanted to mention. You know, as everybody knows, Climb in the Pocket is the podcast arm of Daily Norseman. Well, Daily Norseman also has its own separate podcast in uh, Norse Code, favorite for years now. But it also has the show Vikings Report with Ted and Drew. Well, they're going to be live during the game tomorrow doing a game watch party. It'll be Ted, Drew, and the Grand Poobah himself, Christopher Gates. They're going to be on, so you can have the game on the big screen and them on the little screen, and you can be talking smack all during the game. I'm definitely going to hop in, in and out while I prep for our show, the final score, and it goes live in the final two minutes. That gives you guys plenty of viewing options, plenty of talk. Great way to enjoy the game tomorrow with your friends and family. Any last words? Be there, better than the Manning cast. Be yes. better than the Manning cast. I mean, I drew Ted and Chris talking the, during the game with them. But uh, last words. This is a these four games here, Dave, including tomorrow's game. Huge stretch, uh, huge test for the Vikings, I think, and uh, and gaining respect. They gained a little bit of it last week, but right. especially defensively because you play Buffalo, you got Dallas with a very good defense, then you got the Patriots who've got a really good defense, and then I think we play the Jets the following week, and their defense has been very good too so uh, four straight gains where our offense uh as as much as we complained about it uh th- th- you know they're go- really going to be tested uh by these defenses and last week they passed the test even with some you know rough spots right. they scored 26 points against the buffalo bills who are only given up 14 and a half average during the season so uh really looking forward to tomorrow's game and seeing how the vikings do and uh, i would love to see one but i haven't seen one since week one i would love to see the vikings win comfortably i'm not predicting that but i'd love to see it i agree and it should be fun tomorrow with that what do we say we say skull vikings and dave please hope that your cold gets better i do too trust me <laughs> Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing. 
home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.